getting jelly though in the shows. The way I break my bread, square cut in fours, divided with whole wheat. Let me buddy up your smile for that grilled cheese. Remember when I was talking about that movie? Well, here it is. It's a spinoff of a comic book and a movie with a lot of shooting. Well, I'll be shooting a movie, just me and you, enduring the max pain of tolerance while it rains. Because we're outside, why you ask? So when it stops, I can watch the sunset. Call my mom right after to see if my laundry done yet. She said no, she hasn't started. She replies while you ask, just to tell her, I found the one, mom. I think your son said. You are such a <laughs> faggot. I think I messed up on some parts, but we do sound check. Often beats with Clint. Ew. So, I was um, I was taking a walk um, earlier yesterday, and I was taking a walk by the sidewalks um, in between this divided highway-looking thing near where I live. It's like a big old connector, except ironically, um, there's no connective tissue in terms of people when they stop at stop signs at all. But, so I was taking a walk, and there's this neighborhood, and it has like a wooden fence. Well, not wooden. Um, it's more like a metal, I don't know why I said wooden. Man, I'm already uh, starting this off on a very, very low density count. And, but it was a regular, um, Regular like metal fence, the ones you could put your fingers through, ones you would climb on when you were like 12 years old to jump over the fence. But I saw this cat. There's this cat trying to get from under, couldn't escape because these people decided to put a fence. Not only have like the fence about like eight, nine feet tall, they put a little a barbed wire cord over it at an angle so if any cat or anyone would try to come over you're in for a rough one so but I noticed there was a little you tell this cat's been digging and the cat was digging at least for like a couple hours just trying to get under you could see like the the fence under was already starting to bent towards my way towards the sidewalk See this cat struggling. My first instinct is that maybe this cat's trying to escape like a broken home. Maybe this cat's like trying to escape, be free. Because, you know, most people don't really take care of their animals. You can't just throw a cat in the backyard and expect them to live in the wild like dogs. Not cats these days. It's the equivalent of trying to have like a 17-year-old kid apply for a job these days. Most of them don't even know their social security. And, or don't even know how to dress up for an interview. Or don't know how to fill out an application. But so this cat was digging and digging. The fence was bent towards my direction. I'm like, you know what? Let me help this little fucker out. So, I stop my... 
I stop my jog. I go over there and I start, the cat sees me and starts digging. So it starts, meow, 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 meow. Because like anytime a cat feels like it's being rescued, it's got to make the biggest announcement in the world. Look at me. Humans are saving me. Even though the second I get out, I'm going to pretend this person doesn't exist and just run for the streets and probably get run over in the next day and a half anyways. But you don't think about that. You just hear about helping in the moment. So, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, dig this cat. I bent the fence up enough, like, you know, put my, uh, core strength in the work. Man, those forearm curls really came to useful here. And, uh, I pulled the thing up. But the cat was still struggling to get through. And the cat stops. Then next thing you know, the cat starts peeing. It lifts up his leg a little bit, and it starts fucking peeing. I've never seen a cat lift his leg up like this. It was very dog-like, but not exactly. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then I see as it's peeing, the little ditch that has been digging starts to seep down a little bit. I'm like, man, cats are filthy little geniuses so it starts seeping down it kind of looks like a little mudslide and so I like I pull the fence up a little bit more and as the soil deepens the cat starts like trying to get through trying to make sure the fence doesn't like scratch his back so I'm really holding it up I'm like come on fucker come on so the cat finally wiggles his way through like a little caterpillar and you know what it did you know what I said when it crossed the figurative marathon line that we just attempted for this three and a half minute ordeal I said congrats you're in Welcome to episode 18 of Often Beats. That may be the longest intro, dissatisfying intro. Um, there's things that typically don't last that long in this own room, if you get my drift. But, yeah, it's a uh, recording of this at, on a Thursday. It's only recording at 12.43 now. I typically don't record this early, but... I woke up and I'm like, I noticed when I've been getting home late, I'm not in the mood or I'm tired and I just don't have the mental thought process of going through my day and coming home and then putting more of my unwarranted thoughts out there. But shout out, uh, we had the other day, it may not sound a lot, but in one month for this month, I'll just be transparent with the numbers. I had a hundred, we had a hundred and thirty-four listens in 17 episodes. Now look, if you compare that to the Joe Rogan podcast, not that great. Not at all. But for someone starting from scratch and um, clawing my way up there, unlike the cat that couldn't, it was probably declawed, now that I think about it. Otherwise, any other cat but it just had the courage to climb up and and does little hop things like one of those flying squirrels. You can hunt squirrels, but you can't climb over this fucking fence. Go fuck yourself, cat. 
And the cat, yeah, the cat did just run off the second it went through and just start running up the sidewalk. I'm like, all right, let's go fuck myself. Not like I need a company today. You see, I'm taking a solo jog. I'll just go fuck myself. I'll go make my own deposit when I go to the bank later. But anyways, but yeah, 134 listens in a month. And the craziest part is um, yesterday on Wednesday. We had 19 quote-unquote downloads, which are really just plays, overnight. Typically, I'll have like, you know, I don't check it. I maybe check it every like four or five days every week when I'm uploading or whatever. I'll check the analytics. And um, yeah, it was kind of cool to see 19 in one day. And typically, it would take like three episodes to get 19. But hey. We're on the railroad tracks. A little outdated, but um we're here. Right, Teddy Roosevelt? Except he's not. But you know, I guess I'll start off with this, you know. I don't really have anything particular I want to talk about today, but I have been some I've always been I've been contemplating recently. I really feel like I need to Learn how to flirt with girls. I can talk with girls. Like, I mean, like, and by that, I mean, I can talk to them. And they either listen or they don't. And whatever they say, I typically try to overtake the conversation with my lack of humor. And, oh, yeah, that's cool what you said. But then I'll make some corny ass joke about a corn dog when they were talking about their dog dying. And it's very out it's typically out of place. I realize I realize when I'm conversating with specific human beings, I I don't truly listen and let them say their shit without me trying to put my shit in it. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of shit in that one equation. But don't mean to flush this theory down the toilet. But um, I don't think it works that well. But I'll tell you what I'm also tired of. I'm tired of getting, not really recently, but over my lifetime. I'm tired of getting text messages that are just, they're lazy. They're lazy in nature. They're just W-Y-D. It's like, fucking spell it out. What you doing? Or, how are you? It's like, eh. What do you mean, how am I? No, how are you? Or it'll be like, what's the move? Be like, well, I'm trying to get you to move in with me for like five years now, but you know what? Can't apply. Your credit score is um, like a a young jock. It's going down. And that's not the really, you know, hate on people that have lower credit scores, but, um, you know, it's not that hard to build up credit, and you don't even need a credit card. Take it from me. My credit score is over 700-something. Not to toot my own horn, but doot, doot. And I've never used a credit card. You know how I've done it? You pay shit off on time, and sometimes you'll finance certain expensive repairs like on cars and shit. And guess what? Next thing you know, over six months, you pay something off in six months. 
Boom, 40 points up. Just like that. But I think really I need to like go to, I think I need like a hitch coach, you know, someone to hitch my wagon to. But like someone like Hitch, but I wouldn't ask Will Smith because, you know, we see what's happening there. Do you imagine if you're a wife of 20 plus years is just now randomly posting all these secret poems she secretly kept in a probably like a Nike shoebox somewhere deep in her closet. You thought you you thought you afforded 2000 pairs of shoes, all these shoeboxes. There's only one she actually uh, looks at, and that's one with all of her dead ex's love poems to her. And then not only has them, which is one thing, then puts puts on the internet after she puts you through everything she did last August, even though it wasn't August, but you get my drift. It really... You want to talk about someone that truly just like, yeah, I know uh, you created Independence Day. I know uh, you made wearing tuxes cool. You made wearing tuxes, talking with UFOs really cool. But this beautiful poem that someone from 26 years ago wrote for me. I feel like I need to share this with the world. And I know there's going to be, oh, well, if you have a problem with that, you're just insecure. It's like, um, yeah, ask Will, ask Will Smith today how, uh, how he's doing. And you tell me a man who in his prime, even to this day, doesn't get more secure as a human being to himself as that. Now look, the man's trying to get in shape publicly, doing uh, doing sit-ups, but nah, it doesn't look like Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in the driveway, it doesn't. Man, he got in shape in like three weeks though, Will Smith, I will give him that. But yeah, I feel like I need a I need like a life coach when it comes to this dating thing. Not because I want to. Not because I actually truly believe that this whole dating game is actually real in any capacity. It's typically a lot of nonsense. But you know what? I feel like I need to learn the game a little bit again. I feel like I'm like out of it. I feel like I used to have a down pack. But the second, if I were to actually put myself out there again and, like, you know, uh, let the ladies cup these cheeks, I don't know. I don't even know how to go about it. Because nowadays, you know, you go up. I couldn't imagine just leaving where I live 7 o'clock one night, going to chill at a Chili's, because that's obviously where you would go to make the magic touch you got the magic touch you got it you got it you got that magic touch you got it i got it damn robin thick um yeah i don't even know what i would do do i just go up to the ladies and be like hey it's cool in here 
but I can make it chilly out there as well. God, no wonder why my pickup lines are 1 for 10, typically in a ratio, if you were to do a fraction. But, um, I don't even know. But yeah, I feel like maybe, you know, I need some, I need some advice. Because I have my personality, which is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very unwanted for lack of a better word. And I just feel like if I were to, you know, ask a lady for a number, her first instinct might be her body count. And that would be a very awkward exchange. Hey, I would like your phone number. 23. It's like, are you trying to tell me your favorite player, Michael Jordan or something? I was like, oh, you'll do anything to win. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I do feel like, though, transitioning, smooth transition, I do feel like we, we're... I was thinking about this yesterday while I was driving. We have rehab centers for alcohol, drugs, and all that shit. And very, very good reasons. Now, look, man. Do those uh, treatment centers charge you out of the ass? I never understand. You're trying to help someone get out of a dark point in their life. Typically, people that have severe drug, alcohol, or issues of any type where they have to go to a rehab center means they're going to be taking time off of work, which means they're not making as much money. And typically, it means they've probably used an, the reason why they have an addiction, typically what involves with addiction is you spending a lot of money to get these things to inebriate you, to deflect from life, which means you're going into this thing with less money and they're like, hey, thanks for staying for two weeks. We'll take uh, $5,000 via check or you can pay it in payments. It's like... Why does someone, why is it $5,000 to fucking get help to stop being hooked to stuff? You're supposed to help people. Oh, well, we help them in their personal life. The payoff, there's no amount of money. It's priceless. Well, if it's so fucking priceless, then why the fuck are you charging people $5,000 to get their life right? You're supposed to be there to help. You didn't sit there and open their heart up and fix open heart surgery. You just taught them coping mechanisms and realizations. And you put them in realization mode of why they are harming themselves. You're not sitting here physically fixing people. $5,000. Hey, come here. We'll teach you how to stop doing crack. But that'll be $5,000. Like, damn. Might as well just buy more crack. Because the stress, the, the financial stress that this rehab place is going to put me through now, I'm going to be hooked on crack again. All those coping mechanisms mean fucking nothing. Because now I'm more stressed because I'm behind on bills. I can't pay this. I'm paying you guys $4,000, $5,000, $6,000, depending on how long I need your help. You want to talk about a 12-step program? You're making me... I'm going to need to take the 12 steps to get out of debt. 
after this. Talk about stress, crack, debt. Maybe that's why we have a lot of homeless people. Episode 16. Just saying. Um, Man, the, like, people that, like, I'll tell you what bothers me about these, like, rehab centers. I've never been to rehab. Not yet. Hopefully I do one day. Because if you got in the rehab, that means you have lived life to where you had to get on some shit to deal with it. Means you're living life, right? But I do hope to go to rehab one day, as dumb as that sounds saying out loud. Because typically, when you go to rehab, that means you have acquired such an amount of stuff to you or your life. That you need to go take a break and you can't deal with how much shit you got. And, but I'll tell you what fucking bothers me. Is people, is these businesses and corporations that capitalize on people's worst moments. They really do. Rehab Center charges out of the ass. They just put on fees on there. Hey, you know, we put you in this group of nine other addicts for you to talk about your problems. And we're going to charge you like 2500 a week for it. It's like, bruh, I could have just went to my local, to my local like uh, rec center and got a group of 12 people there and talked about our issues for the low cost of pride. And for the low cost of just talking with people that probably will actually help more because they are more closer in your life, in your inner circle, people that live around you. So where if you need help or if you need a hotline, talk to someone, you talk to them. Now these people that are paid to tell you you're doing great because you are literally incentivized to tell people they're doing great. When in reality... I believe like the statistic is like 85 or 90% of people that go to rehab once will be back a second time, which means one of two things. It means I should get a refund on the first time because it didn't fucking work. Now I realize self-accountability. You got to take matters into your own hands, but you should at least charge me less the second time. At least like buy one, get the second trip free. You know, but then again, people might purposely get hooked on whatever they were addicted to in the first place. To go back to rehab. But hey. Free trips. Um, not the worst thing in the world. We're giving out free stimuluses and checks anyways. Give me free trips to rehab. Um, but. What I was saying. <laughs> wow. Oh, really, uh, I really hate the intention. Of uh, money devouring the rehab centers do. Talk about profit. Talk about profiting off people's personal issues. And sometimes I really feel like people like people that probably go there sometimes their sim- their solutions are simpler, but whatever they do may make the situation more complicated and whatever they're teaching, however they try to quote unquote fix it, and it ends up hurting them more. Again, I'm not a professional, but whatever. But what I was saying is I truly believe, like I'm gonna say ten to fifteen years from now. Like, they have specific rehab centers for specific things. Like, they'll have drug and alcohol addiction, or they'll have, like, um, 
different addictions at certain places like they specify it because they'll have professionals that specify in your specific issue you're having which is probably one of the smarter things they do honestly i really believe there are going to be specific rehab centers that are specifically for social media addiction i do believe that and because I, I like, you know, not to get too zen here. Zen. Bazoom. It, I really think that social media apps are really just the addiction to phones. I really do believe it is becoming more harmful than drugs or alcohol. Because think about it. By... Being, for example, being on your phone eight, nine, ten hours a day, right? If you are on that, I don't care what you, people that could double task or whatever, man. By default, something else is going to sacrifice, right? Let's say it's going to sacrifice you uh, time away from the gym. It's going to sacrifice time away from your passion. Let's say you like to ride bikes. You may not ride bikes as much anymore because you may be distracted on your phone. It starts off as a gradual decline, kind of like your career trajectory. And the gravitas in what social media has become, the addiction to phones, like, man, and the addiction has caused so much more problems because I'm not even getting two people yesterday in a minute of a 15 minute span when I was driving. Two different lights, two different everything. Two people ran egregious red lights. And I'm not the red light police here. But I'm talking about I was turning green arrow. It was a green arrow for a good two or three seconds. But I saw this car coming and I'm like, that car doesn't look like it's uh, slowing down. And of course it didn't, a couple seconds go by and boom, and I see, and it's this person looking down their phone, right? Okay, not the first time it's ever happened. I know, Clint, you're not special. Okay, right place, wrong time, or vice versa, right? Literally, like five, ten minutes later, I'm, I'm at a similar light. I have to wait for the green arrow to turn left. Green arrow comes. And I'm like, it's literally almost the same situation. It's like deja vu. I thought like maybe I was falling asleep or something. I started slapping my face like I'm into some rough shit. Except I was just trying to not get my car roughed up. And the car was coming. And it wasn't stopping. And I pulled out a little bit. And I'm like, wait, Clint, don't do it. And probably one of the first times telling myself not to do something worked out in my favor. I didn't do it. The car, boom, ran it egregiously. Second time worse than the first time. And I caught, and I caught, I was looking at the driver, I was looking at the driver and disgust was passed by. The person was sitting here messing with some mirror shit. Now I know that's technically not social media or nothing. But the attention span 
it has caused people that we don't even care when we are in vulnerable positions or when we are in positions that potentially can cause harm, real harm to other people, kill other people, all because you want to be on your phone and change a song, all because you want to be on your phone and look at a text message just so you can leave it on read for three hours because you don't want the other person to feel you're needy. So you purposely read a message and be like, I'm going to respond to that three hours. But you know what? You use the same amount of energy to not respond to it as if you could have just responded to it. So the irony is you, quote unquote, trying not to come off hard, no pun intended. You were actually coming off, all pun intended, really hard. You were, that's the definition of trying too hard. Is when you see something, acknowledge, and you set a time when you're going to respond to it. When you could have just responded to it. If you're not going to respond to something, then don't respond to it. But don't put it off till later. You fucking cunts. God. People try so hard to not try hard that it ends up coming off as really try hard. Again, I need a life coach. What do I know? Dirty fucking whore you are, Clint. Dirty fucking whore. Uh, man, this is a... This is not going well. I feel like I say that every episode, but the viewers go up, which means my wallet stays the absolute fucking same. <laughs> if I were to ever get ad revenue from this, I don't even know. Like, what ad would actually sponsor this podcast? I don't even know. Simply every, it seems like every podcast has Blue Chew, it has Honey, it has, uh, what's that one, Manscaped. It's like the same advertisements everywhere. Hey, anyone wants to get me money to pretend to endorse your endorsement? I don't have that much uh, pride and uh, gravitas to myself to be like, I only endorse products I believe in. It's like, eh, it's okay. You're going to write me a check for 20K to advertise your product for a week? By all means, shave my balls for me. I don't care. Have a guy do it. If he wants to lick my under my nutsack for 20K, who am I? Manscape. Oh, he's uh he's scaping it. More like scalping it. <laughs> Clint, you're a fucking idiot. But yeah. Like if uh like if uh rape whistles were they were wanna advertise to me. They were like, hey, advertise this rape whistle. Have I ever endorsed rape? No. Do I know people that have encountered rape? I mean, I know some people that have lied about encountering rape and really it was what they consented to. But don't shoot the messenger. But yeah, I would endorse the rape whistle. And then I would give them a dog whistle. (laughs) So then when they... So if an incident does occur, wouldn't you rather a dog... I would rather a dog to defend me than another human being. I don't trust humans these days. We want to talk about how dogs are so much better than humans. They're so... Dogs are so much better than humans. They do so much more. They make us feel more. I will pick a dog over any man or any girl any day. Okay. 
Well, uh, when you're in a very vulnerable position, getting murdered or raped in this case, here's your dog whistle. And you all have like the neighbor's uh, little poodle be barking and barking and the neighbor will probably slap them upside the head to stop making noise at two in the morning. And then they bang, hey, stop waking my dog up, not knowing that your dog, that their dog is probably helpful. But guess what? When the doors close, it's kind of hard for dogs to get through. You know why? Because dogs aren't adaptable to jump up. And Besides, if you lock the door, the dog's fucked. You have a human there. Kick the door open like John Cena. Just hopefully you're not in China. Because uh, he may uh, he may just let them do WWE style. F you. That's his move. I'm not telling you that F you, but fuck you. <sighs> Man. Nothing's worse than... I really need to... There's nothing worse than like the first day you uh, really start getting back into the gym. I should really say the first week. Because like the first four or five times when you haven't worked out in months and you've uh, let yourself go like Olaf and you go to the gym, first four or five days don't even count. You're just trying to get your tendons tore up. You're just trying to get your body in the mood of hating yourself again. And... So, like, you don't really start, like, feeling like you're doing actual good to your body until probably, like, a week and a half or two weeks after you start getting back into it. Or maybe I'm just doing it wrong, which is very applicable because I do a lot of things wrong. Especially when it comes to waiting for my turn to do things. And, but yeah, that first week and a half or two it doesn't even count. Like, you do all the shoulder shrugs you want. You have no shoulders. You do all the curls you want. You're just going to tear your biceps where actually, like, you legitimately tear it and not uh, and not tearing it for growth. You're just going to tear it, set yourself back up. Then you're going to, ironically, need to go to physical therapy rehab. Then you'll probably get on drugs because you don't feel stronger yourself. The next thing you know, that... $25 a month membership that you're afraid to go to, that if you wouldn't went to regular, your body would be fine, your mind would be fine. Now, you're paying $5,000 in two weeks. Hmm. $5,000 in two weeks, 25 a month. Save yourself some money. Go to the fucking gym. My friend Jeffrey, uh, but she's not the only one, but anytime he's like, there's just three things that solve all your problems. The gym Lifting heavy shit And honestly that's kind of where it ends It's really no third thing Probably doing them um, A lot of injustice there But um He's not a He's a big motherfucker He is a big motherfucker I hope to have him on this podcast one day You know when um there's actually a reason to listen or watch. He'll be my first interview. He will be my first interview. Oh, man. Uh, so, ever, uh, ever slapped your knee when you said a joke that wasn't funny? And said, yee
Me either. Because um, I typically don't say anything that funny. And my first instinct when I say something funny isn't to slap my knee. Especially since, you know, I have a imbalance issue. Cartilage issue. Probably. Never been proven. Feels like it. And you know what? We live in a world where it's all about how you feel. So if I feel I have a torn ACL or if I have cartilage issues or if I just don't feel right, then that's all that matters because it's all about how you feel, not about what is. So actually, this is an interesting idea. I was, I think about, I think about a lot of things that is an opinion. This is like an open, I'm going to be thinking about this as I, as I speak, because I haven't even come to a conclusion about this yet. Is an opinion pure thought and pure emotion or is an opinion based off either evidence or facts or statistics data and shit like that right because it's funny how people because if you're saying your opinion right are emotional opinions created equal as very articulate very data-driven opinions, let's just say. Because sometimes, yes, I know Ben Shapiro, data doesn't have feelings. Facts don't have feelings. Yes, we get that. But also, sometimes just pure numbers don't really display why the numbers are the way they are at the same time. I'm not going to get political or nothing like that here. But if someone like if I have an opinion about the simplest of things, right? You know, let's say, oh, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches are the most blandest white people sandwich on earth, right? That's my opinion. It's what I feel because of either observations I've made, the stuff they may put on the sandwich. Typically, you it's you know, it is made for, you could say it could be made for a white consumer specifically. That's their target audience. They're not going to say that publicly, but hey, say what you want. Someone, you could say that's an emotional opinion. Now, let's say the bipolar side of me. We're talking about left side. Clint says, uh, well, he says the opposite opinion. It's like, well, actually, Chick-fil-A sandwiches are made specifically very at a bland standpoint because they're for all audience. So all audiences can gravitate to it. It doesn't feel like they're gravitating to a specific audience, right? So basically, you can add your own shit on there. We're not going to add any, you know, anything meaningful to the sandwich, to just the basic chicken sandwich. We're not going to actually make the chicken itself have any extra flavors or nothing. It's just going to be that. And they can use studies from... They're trying to gravitate to a whole audience, but from an emotional point of view, it could be, well... It seems pretty bland. It seems very specific for a specific audience. 
By the way, I don't really believe in either. I'm giving two sides to a simple situation. So don't say, oh, look at this liberal. Oh, look at Clint trying to be all articulate. It's like, I'm literally neither. I do not think anything out before I make any point of reference. Quite the opposite, which is why I sound ignorant 82% of the time. And I give myself an 18% grace because I think I'm right sometimes. But you could say, from an emotional standpoint, uh, they make this chicken sandwich specifically for a white audience. Now, on the other side, is, uh, actually, it's quite the opposite. They make it for all types. That's why it's so bland and generic. So it doesn't uh, articulate to a specific audience. Who knows what the true answer is? But they're both opinions. One's emotional and one's that. Which type of opinion will you as an individual typically side on? The one that's pure feeling and observational. And I can make an, uh, I can make an argument that the emotional quote-unquote argument can actually... It looks past just facts and driven data where it's you look at something for what it is and you can read between the lines. But see, sometimes when you now the counter to that, the con to that is when you try to read in between the lines, sometimes you're only looking at it from your point of view, which if you point out that something is only designed specifically for white audience, that means by default, you typically think white people operate in this capacity which puts you technically in a stereotypical bubble that's the con to that now again going back to the pro of an emotional is sometimes you see thing you can see things from what it is based off of your observations in life which sometimes is sometimes a necessary balance in my opinion in this world where someone, now let's say someone who looks at all these studies and all this stuff, right? And they do research of why Chick-fil-A designs their sandwich in such a specific manner. Two pickles, mad chicken, and hot steamy toasted buns, right? It's more like an oil bun, really. It's always shiny. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like some baby oil on a girl's ass cheeks. Shine bright like a diamond. And if ass isn't meant to be ate. Why is, it be, why is it in between two buttons? Just a thought. Whatever. Salmonella. Chicken. And talk about nibbling on some nuggets back there. If you get my drift. Alright. But yeah. An emotional versus a non-emotional opinion. Which one is technically an emotional it's technically anything that you provide data on an opinion anymore. Because an argument, the whole point of an opinion is the reason why opinions are so individualistic and why it's important for individuals to have opinions is for the simple fact that you need you need to have a vast variety of a combination of how people feel about things and putting it in situations where everyone that's why it's basically like an Instagram comment section even though it's mostly ignorant but if you have an Instagram comment section you're gonna have a people that are just like if you they're gonna they're they're just gonna be so overly emotional in a sense where 
everything is about it's so personal but they don't really see the bigger picture all they think about is themselves then you have then you have the complete opposite where people don't take in consideration of anyone and they just try to look at it from a very corporate ceo like they are a ceo type of level ironically they try to look at it from a very too objective where it's not even taken in consideration both have one thing in common they both aren't thinking of anything outside of either quote-unquote themselves or themselves they're both literally just only for themselves I think what makes the perfect opinion is the ability to look at everything, to identify before you state an opinion and put it out there. My opinion on having an opinion is that if you're going to have an opinion, you have to be able to dissect it. You need to be able to break down your opinion and the flaws from both angles or multiple angles. Because if you were to debate someone or have a conversation with someone, you can't just sit there and just tell someone how wrong they are. Even if you believe 100% they're completely wrong. Because you're not really opening your mind up to understand why someone could think the way they do. So if you're going to have an opinion, have an opinion. But at least be a little bit thought out. I know that's contradicting because this whole podcast is about having well uh underwhelming unthoughtful and very inconsiderate opinions but if you notice in all my quote-unquote unthoughtful opinions i always typically take shots at the person that's complaining about whatever the opinion is i don't know Uh, this is probably the most boring episode i've done yet but yeah, go follow on the IG, the Tiki Talk. Subscribe to the tube. And uh, remember, if you have someone in rehab, um, tell them no, no, no. Have you seen those fucking bills? Nah, we'll fix the shit at home. I really do believe that in s- some cases, a lot of things could be fixed with daily life adjustments. I feel like rehab should be a last resort. And I'm not trying to be like insensitive or nothing, but I felt like sometimes people go to rehab too quickly and they try to diagnose their problem before it actually is like as big of a problem as it really is. Not yet. But yeah, um, to anyone that's struggling with uh, addictions out there, um, you know, just keep fighting, you know, just uh, seek help and I would recommend just try to seek help in many ways before you take that big financial stress on you because rehab, I don't, you know, I know some health insurance covers it, but chances are if you're going to struggle paying the bills, you probably don't have health insurance in general. That's typically how financial classes work. But to anyone, uh, you know, uh, hope for the best for everyone out there struggling with these things on a serious note. Um, but yeah, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's uh, suck some titties. Yeah, you thought I forgot, didn't you? I almost did, but I didn't. Here I am. Autism? Not really. Wish I did. At least you could justify me talking like this. All right, guys. Have a great day.
Happy Friday, you fuckers.